Man, you think people are still going to listen to us after they find out we're big Buckeye fans? Well, I'll tell you what. I don't care, all right? I mean, I care, but I have to be frank, man. Buckeyes rule. You know it. Don't be a hater. You know, Michigan, which I have no problem with Michigan. We we love Michigan guys. But it's Buckeyes for life. Yeah, well. We got to admire. Might win again. I, you know, I think if Bosa comes back, Alabama's in trouble. That's all I'm going to say. Period. If we don't lose them for that, we'll definitely lose them when they find out that we're talking about awkward conversations on a marketing podcast, and they're going to love that. <laughs> I think they're going to love it, man. Because let me tell you something. One thing about this podcast is we're going to talk about good marketing stuff. We're going to give you good stuff that you can take home and, you know, right when you wake up tomorrow, put it to use, right? Not, not some corny bullcrap information, but we're real. And when you're real, you talk about real stuff, like awkward sales meetings where we come in prepared and the CEO wants to grab our Ray-Bans and talk about exclusive Ray-Bans and how you can tell if they're real or not. Weird shit like that, okay? (laughs) That's awesome. No doubt, bro. No doubt. Well, let's kick it into the intro. M is for marketing. M is for marketing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of M is for Marketing. You're here with the Horror Media Crew. What's up? So, guys, got another episode coming for you. Uh, should be nice and hot. Got some cool topics to cover, some marketing stuff, some football stuff. You know how we like yes, to mix it I up. Let's say happy Monday. But since we're going into Tuesday, I must say happy Tuesday for all my folks out there that will be listening uh probably tomorrow so hopefully your tuesday treats you well yeah absolutely unless you guys are night owls i don't think you're gonna catch us live most for of the time. sure for sure man so uh i guess we could jump right into it right all right yeah absolutely so, let's go i, I want to start off with just a little bit of sports uh in lieu of the fact that we are both uh ohio natives and uh Buckeye supporters, uh, I must say that that was uh, first and foremost an epic game uh, this past Saturday and an amazing win. So just to kind of start things off here, what were your thoughts on the game, uh, my good friend Justin? We saw our boy Haskins, uh, High State's quarterback, yes. struggle for the first time. I, I don't really know if it was his fault. I mean, I think he got a little shaken up. After a couple really badly dropped passes Definitely. and a lot of pressure from the Penn State D line, man, but uh, I think their their ability to persevere through everything and come out with a W shows a lot, for sure. especially for, for a sure. young team. I um, I definitely have to admit he he was you know he was flustered, uh, and I don't think it was just him. I think uh, the running game. I think. You know, the offensive line, I think everybody was a little flustered. First and foremost, Penn State's defense came out. I mean, for that, the first two quarters of the game, I mean, they were insanely intense. 
And they, if they got their hands on you, you were going down. Like, I mean, they did not miss a tackle. Leg tackle, arm tackle, ankle, shoestring, it matter. They were all over it. And that kind of worried me a little bit. So imagine, you know, actually being in the trenches, being in the game, you know, how they felt. Even, even you and I could feel the intensity. So I got to give Penn State a little credit. That crowd, oh, man, it was vicious. The whiteout was absolutely vicious. Uh, being the fact that this is, you know, Haskins' first big game. This, this was Ohio State's first big game. I mean, there's a lot of newbies out there. Bosa's not out there, right? You know what I mean? And you're, you're, you're at the uh, Nittany Lions spot, and it was just it was absolutely intense. I uh, got to give credit to uh, co- the quarterback, Haskins. Got to give credit to Urban Meyer. I think that uh, people get, get on him a lot, and I think that's just the nature of the beast, right? We want to win, 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 and when we don't, we, we want to blame others. But he always has a poised squad. He always coaches teams that are poised and ready to win. And honestly, the fact that Penn State's offense was moving so slow, I felt like we were going to win the entire time. Maybe that's the fan in me and maybe less lot or less, uh, you know, objectivity. But, you know, I'm a big believer in the Bucks. I'm a big believer in Urban Meyer, and they got it done. Yeah, I got to have to ask you a question. Last play of the game. Penn State has the ability to go down, drive, and win it. Their quarterback, who has absolutely obliterated Ohio State in the running game, rushed for 180, 190 yards, I believe. They take it out of his hands and hand it to a running back who struggled to make any headway all game. What do you think well, I don't that know. play call was I, all about? I don't know. I think that uh, there are a lot of people that were kind of scratching their head on that one. I think that when the other team is starting to rally and the pressure is really on – not only does the quarterback, the players on the field feel it, but the coordinators, the coaches. So if you, if you can say that someone cracked on their pressure, you know what I mean? You, you got to get back to the coaching staff as well because everybody felt that pressure at that point because it was do or die. If they don't get this play, it's a wrap. And, you know, we've all been in those situations as young athletes. You know, when it's do or die, I mean, <laughs> you feel it. You know what I mean? So I didn't agree with the play call yeah. at all. Uh, you know, at the same time, I didn't care as much because I wanted Ohio State to win. But, you know, I, I, I would have to blame pressure. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely, man. So, all right, guys, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into that marketing stuff, the reason you guys tune in every week, I promise. Um, so, do yeah, you let's talk got? a little bit, you know, because uh, – and I, and I want everyone to know that – this next topic is certainly from our own experience uh, in our business. That is hard media group. Uh, but rank, I want you to kind of talk about, cause this is something that you've been preaching uh, since the start of this business uh, being that you've been in the marketing game for so long and you saw the trend. And to be honest with you, I, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't call myself, <clears throat> excuse me. I wouldn't call myself, uh, you know, anywhere near on on the level of a marketer, uh, you know, in terms of experience that you have. But I am pretty savvy in, in terms of communication. But I've I've never really heard anyone pr- just pressure the fact that you cannot boost SEO. You cannot go up that ladder if you don't have content and to be specific, engaging content. So you've been you've been on this horse for a while. I think that you were in many ways, a trailblazer for me. So I want to hear you kind of touch on that. You know, when did you come to understand that? And why were you so heavy on that out the gates? 
Yeah, so before Hard Media, I worked for a, a very traditional marketing company, right? Um, one that didn't really like to go outside the bounds. I stayed towards that SEO, spent tons of money in PPC, and all about developing depth into the website. And as that went on, we started to see things not working as well, right? We, we saw customers disengaging. We were having a hard time reaching new audiences, younger audiences, and social media was always there. The content element was always there, and we weren't utilizing it. So as we started hard media and we started utilizing on a level that was 10 times higher you know, than anything we'd done before and literally just started producing content, you know, two and three pieces of content a day, we started seeing a return at a rate that I'd never seen in marketing so far, right? And we also saw an SEO jump on the website that I had never seen. I, I really thought it'd be hard to get SEO traction in our current market with the amount of, we're in a pretty big municipal area. It's about half a million people in greater Dayton. It's not huge, but decent amount. There's plenty of marketers Absolutely. out there and we were able to get tons of SEO traction really, really fast. Right. So it's not something I really care about being completely honest in my market. Um, as a marketer, SEO's value is pretty low. In my opinion, most of the people are going to come through our content or through some of our other, uh, efforts, especially those being B2B. Um, but for people out there listening that are in the service industry, I know that for you, you know, plumbers, mechanics, HVAC technicians, um, drywallers, roofers, the last thing you're thinking about doing is producing content, producing videos. But in your world, SEO is more important than in any other industry because why, guys? Because Google, how many times do Google pe people Google, you know, services near me? So that services near me localizes you. And which means that you're going to need SEO to drive those people to your website to close that that business. It's unlike any other service, right, or any other industry. My bad. Um, so that still pertains to you. You're not thinking about building content or building web or uh, building, uh, making videos for your website, but you absolutely need to be building content. Um, we're seeing a lot of trends. Um, I'm actually going to take this and I want to transition it a little bit. Yeah. Because um, into the trends we're seeing in the website industry as a whole, right? Absolutely. So at this point, I think Derek would agree 100%. Um, I'm going to ask him a question about it here in a little bit. Is We all know, we've heard it a million times, that millennials and younger people have attention spans that are very, very short, right? And they're also not reading. So what does that mean when you have a website that's just devoured with content, when it's written content? And it's tons of pictures and steps. Do you really need it? Do, what do you think? Do you really need the depth of websites that we've seen over the last 10 to 15 years in 2018? Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm going to try, I'm going to answer that a little differently. When I look at social media and I look at, you know, look at Twitter, you know, that's where millennials, that's where everyone, you know, pretty much is getting their news from nowadays. Why? Because it's quick. It's easy. It's packaged in. The news is coming to me. I don't have to work for the news. Not saying that there's anything against reading or getting a newspaper or the Wall Street Journal, things of that nature. 
but social media has packaged content in a way to where it's utterly convenient to, to, to the consumer. They're not really working that hard to consume it. They're not really working that hard to learn what they want to know or learn what they want to learn, know what they want to know. And in a weird way, I mean, a lot of people probably are going to be like, wow, you know, scratching their head for me coming to this angle. I think Steve Jobs and the creation of the iPhone and the pure efficiency and ease, whether you're an Android guy or not, you wouldn't have that, that Android, that, that Note 9, that Galaxy S9, whatever. You wouldn't have that phone. If it wasn't for this guy coming up with a device with no buttons that you're just swiping and you're doing things that are quick and fast and it's not taking you any time to me to bring that all the way back into the website. Cause I know I went clear out to Jupiter left field, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying the pure efficiency of those two, two things shifted the game to a point where that's what your website has to become because we're, if everywhere around me is convenient, everywhere around me, information that I need to know is being pretty much fed to me like grapes. I don't want to go to your website and have to figure out where to click. When I finally click, I got 7,000 words. And, and you know what I mean? And you got this techie person who wrote this material who thinks like other techie people want to see graphs. Well, maybe I don't want to see graphs. Maybe I just want to hear or see, you know, some, some parts of content that tell me what the hell I'm looking for. So, just to piggyback on what you're saying and bring it all the way back in websites are going to change simply because they just need to communicate the clear message. This, these intricacies, all this extra, you know, kind of verbiage is just totally unnecessary and it's going to turn the new crowd off, you know? So, you know, I'm right there with you, man. And, and obviously that's affecting the way we do business with our clients and even in our own business. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird. I, I never thought that this would be something I would say and or actually at this point do is to pretty much disassemble our website, right? Um, after all, you know, the months of, of design, coding, content building, we're disassembling it. We're basically going to make a glorified landing page with one section for our portfolio because no one cares about the rest. And it hurts my soul a little bit because how much work went Absolutely. into it. But if you break it down, no one cares. No one. And that's really all that matters. Yeah. And I want to say this too, because I think sometimes there can be a misconception to where people are like, well, Hey, I just don't sell to millennials. Right. And that's okay. But even the, the 50 year old, the 60 year old, do you think they're not being convinced by this new expression, this new communication of content being efficient? You don't think they like efficiency? Right. They're doing the same thing. Grandma and grandpa are on the on the phone, swiping through Facebook, laughing at, at goofy memes and dogs catching Frisbees and shit. You know what I mean? Like we're all being consumed by this. We're all wanting to be more convenienced. It's just the way it goes. So for people out there that, you know, maybe listening and tuning in, first of all, thank you for listening. But I don't want this to be misconstrued as a millennial or a younger thing. Everybody loves the convenience of content. So if the website is too wordy, if I'm working too hard to get and navigate to where I need to get to, it doesn't matter what age they are, they're going to get turned off and they're going to leave, especially the younger generations. So I just want to make that point. Yeah, and one final point on the subject. So we have to think about the interfaces that this stuff's going to be viewed on soon, right? Um, we're not going to be talking about people with laptop computers. We're not going to be talking about desktop computers. They're going to see, you're going to see less and less and less and less. You're going to see 
mobile devices, which everyone knows, but you're also going to start seeing like third party things come in. Right. Um, you're going to see like playstations and these interfaces like that, that can control the whole house in one section. People are going to be, you know, watching this on a TV. So the, you know, if you guys have ever been on one, views and so the easiest thing to do is to click on videos or to listen to something and i think that we need to really think about these third-party platforms come like playing a large part in uh people people's consumption and people's like you know research on products especially with smart tvs playstations xboxes and those type of things oh yeah for sure it's getting, it's getting pretty dynamic and those are things people need to think about so i i think at the end of the day uh, the gist of the conversation is efficiency and engaging content, period, point blank. You know, and that. And sh- good. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and a shout out to uh, our boy Jeff. Uh, websites are dead, buddy. You were right. Oh, 100%. Good man, Jeff. You were 100% correct, my friend. Dead. So, and let's put a little clarification on that before we go to the next topic. We're not saying that everybody should just kill their website. Do not have a website. It's not important. We're not saying that, right? We're just simply saying. Not at all. Not at all. We're just simply saying the traditional websites that have layers and layers and layers of information, that is dead. We have to understand the trend is convenience. The trend is efficiency. The trend is engaging content. So for those of you, you know, you know, going crazy trying to figure out how to make this robust website or maybe even outsourcing, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to, you know, these big time website and SEO companies charging you an arm and a leg to make this robust website, save your money, think a little different. Okay. It's it's not that deep. Just make sure that the website communicates what it needs to communicate to your target, period point blank. Keep it short and keep it sexy. Yep. I like that, man. Short and sexy. All right. So let's uh, jump into uh, looks like our last topic. Um, and I threw this one out there because, you know, <laughs> I imagine everybody has had, you know, a, a, you know, similar uh, times, similar situations. But I want to talk about awkward meetings that you are you they're so awkward you don't know which way it's going is it bad is it good are you screwing up are you going to get this sell you know these awkward meetings that somehow some way end up as a sell and uh, we have our fair share of those meetings man so you know whether whether it's been with uh, hard media or, or maybe some of your past companies man i want you to touch on you know maybe one awkward ass meeting that you went through and you're like scratching your head, but at the end of the day, it was positive. Man, uh, there's a company we worked with and just not name drop anybody because sure. they might listen <laughs> and hate, sure. hate us for sure. Yeah. But man, I remember this first meeting, we went in with an agenda. We were there via reference, right? So we had already, it was a very warm Absolutely. lead. Um, we thought that things were going to get jump started for this company and they're a good, they're a good size company in our area. Very well known. We're very excited about the idea of working with these guys. And we get in this meeting, and the people running the meeting are just kind of coming out of left field. Um, can't stay focused. I mean, it, it was just the most awkward meeting of all time. And then what we end up doing is building them a brand strategy on the spot because we're in this weird 
situation where, you know, we're, we're breaking things down on a whiteboard. We're helping them build an overall brand strategy, which is not really what we do as a company. If you guys know what we do, we're much more into content development. We don't do a lot of traditional marketing, but all of a sudden we've wasted an hour and a half, help build their entire brand strategy for the next six months to a year. And we leave there feeling like we had no idea what happened, but we're pretty sure that we weren't going to work together. And to this day, I have to say it's one of the strangest first meetings I've ever had. I don't know, D, what, what stands out in your mind when oh, it comes man. to strange meetings? Well, you know, being that I come from an HR background, I've had my fair share of weird, awkward meetings. But specifically talking about sales, uh, that experience most certainly came from the hard media era. Um, and it was probably about a couple months back. Maybe a month back. Let me get my my uh, my time t- together. But big company, big massive company, uh, in an industry that we were de- you know desperately trying to il- infiltrate. You know, I remember you know some months back we're writing different people in the industry. You know, we're we're, we're trying to engage with them, and we're we're not getting any feedback at all. So when it finally you know the opportunity presented itself for this industry to open up to us, not only did it open up to us. But again, it was a massive company, a massive player in this particular uh, field. Uh, so we get into the meeting. We've prepared. Uh, and I've seen you in, in, in so many different meetings where, you know, your cells are on point. You know, I'm backing you up. You know what I mean? I'm coming with good stuff. You're coming with good stuff. You're working the room. You know what I mean? We're going back and forth. We've done our kind of KD and Curry. We've had our moments, if you will. And this does not feel that way. You know, people don't seem to be paying attention. Uh, We're getting asked questions and I feel, you know, that you've already covered that or I've already covered that. And then, you know, we go into show some of our content. We're a video marketing company, right? I mean, we do everything, but, you know, video is our baby. Uh, So we go into the, the, the meat and potatoes, which is, you know, some of our video content. And uh, you got one guy who was just, oh, man, he was, he, was, uh, he was a special character. He's on his phone looking down the whole time. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? I'm feeling a little disrespected. I'm feeling like, you know, you know, almost reminds me of that Rodney Dangerfield when he used to be like, hey, no respect. I get no respect. You know what I mean? That's how I'm feeling at the moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, you know, long story short, man, we walk out of that, uh, that meeting and we have uh, some networking event to go to, like, right after that. You know what I mean? So we're, you know, we're moving. We only got a little bit of time to get there. And we're like, you know what, man? I need a drink. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we go <laughs> we go and get some whiskey, you know, do a couple shots of whiskey, go to our networking event. We talk. We're on the phone the whole way. Like, man, I'm going to call their competitor. I promise you, you know what I mean? This was just the disrespect. You know, we were so motivated to just, you know what I mean, just shut them down and, like, prove, prove them wrong, if you will. Uh, long story short, man, not to make it so long-winded, they end up calling us back and saying, hey, we want to move forward. But that was by far the most awkward meeting that I've ever been a part of. So that's mine. Yeah, both of those top are top five for me. <laughs> the, the kicker, man, with everything else is that we always take something away. Even the worst meetings, man. Oh, we yeah. all have them. The idea, and me and Derek are better about this than any company I've ever actually worked for, is that we, we break down everything that goes on in that room and we make sure that we never allow it to happen again because we, we turn and put the blame on ourselves. Like, how do we let this get this way? Right. You know, what are we going to do to fix yeah. it? 
there's got to be there's got to be a way around for every personality sure. type. So sure. and that's and that's and that's so deep that you said that because it's so true. Because I think you know we've you and I both you know been in corporate America and we've we've been in situations where something doesn't go right and we immediately start to blame others. We immediately start to look at the situation and deflect or just don't put any attention on us. But that's one thing that we always do is we get back and, and, and you know, the smoke clears and we look at it like, okay, wh- what did we do? Where's the accountability at? Was I prepared? Was I communicating the right message? Right. You know what I mean? So a hundred percent, every, every loss, right. They suck, but they're, they're some of the greatest experiences ever because that's where the wisdom is gained. Yeah, I think there's times when we're taking losses in meetings or like big black eyes, where like we needed it. You know, we we got comfy, yeah. we had long streaks of upward sales, and then all of a sudden, you know, something you really want blows up in your face, and you just get motivated. You get back to the whiteboard, and you're hungrier than you've ever been. You're attacking sales. You're filling your funnel more than you've Absolutely. ever filled it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's when you go too long without a loss, man. It's not good for it's not good for your. Uh, the overall aspect of your business. Absolutely. Of course, nobody wants to lose, but eventually at some point you need to be, uh, I don't know, maybe be a little reality check or yeah. humbled a little yeah. bit. No, no. Yeah, for sure. Losses are good. Don't take too many, right? We all know that, but losses are good. You learn a lot from them. I, you know, you learn 10 times more from a loss than you ever will from a win. Period, point blank. Yep, Gary V. Gary V right there, lose, lose. Lose on the micro. Yeah, right? lose on the micro, man. Because you're going to have them. You're going to take lumps, especially for any listeners out there that are, you know, new entrepreneurs or, you know, thinking about jumping off that cliff. I say jumping off the cliff because typically you're at a job and you're about to quit and leave certainty for uncertainty, which is pretty much against human nature. So that's why I say jump off the cliff. But for those of you that do that, uh, you know, humble yourselves and, and always – get back to that mirror because that is the uh, uh, mirror is pretty honest. You know what I mean? There's somewhere in there is uh, maybe an area that you could have improved on. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, I believe that's going to wrap everything up for this episode of MS for marketing. We'll be back at you guys in two days. You know, we post every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, I just want to say thanks guys and keep listening. Have a good night guys. See you next time. M is for marketing. M is for marketing. <laughs> <laughs>